week 29 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast, and this is my Politicon extravaganza. I just got back from Nashville, Tennessee, America. Nashville, Tennessee is a great city. If you have never been there, go there. Uh, Be prepared to gain 10 pounds while you're there because all the food is great and all of it is bad for you. Uh, I had a blast. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to have the meat sweats for about a week after this. I had a lot of hot chicken. I had a lot of barbecue and I had a lot of steak while I was there. And there was a lot of politics going on at Politicon. As many of you know, I was there debating, uh, our friend, Mike Knowles, who, uh, still, you know, doesn't want to say he was wrong about, uh, calling, Greta Thornburg, a uh, mentally ill Swedish child. I uh, We debated uh, in a very packed room, which was about 90% conservative, although somebody said it might have been 80% conservative, but the, but the libs weren't being loud enough because, well, 80% of the people were screaming conservatives. Um, Clay Aiken from American Idol was the moderator of the debate, and uh, he unfortunately took a lot of the abuse from the crowd. Um, but I've got a lot of interviews, uh, from that uh, event and I'm going to play some of them for you today and I'm going to talk about what went on in between. So let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. You and I as citizens have the obligation to shape the debates of our time not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clear leadership. And we are as a people. Not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to secret society. But ours was a nation of the battle, not the bullet. And a secret procedure. As a people, we cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizens live or labor under conditions which are injurious to the commonwealth. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities, all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the America I know. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. So this is going to be a different kind of show. I've got a lot of interviews. I'm going to talk a little bit now, and uh, I'm going to actually play a rant I did um, at the uh, Politicon event right before I interviewed this guy, Clay Travis. He's a radio guy who does sports and politics. I don't, I don't know what his deal is. I also uh, spoke to presidential candidate on the Republican side, Mark Stanford about why he's running former governor of South Carolina, former congressman. Uh, And I'm going to play that interview. And then I think I'm also going to play an interview with my old friend Sally Cohn, who I knew from my early days at Fox and hadn't seen, actually hadn't seen her in 10 years. I ran into her in this thing in Tennessee, and it was was really nice seeing Sally. Sally is brilliant and smart and um, really good on the issues. And uh, I spent about five minutes with her, so I I don't want to have... You know, two conservatives on this show, although, you know, Clay Travis, is, I don't know what his, his politics on uh, the, you know, talking about he was talking about the transgender bathroom thing for a while. I'll let my clip that I, you know, that I developed in real time tell you the story there, because that's probably the best reaction I had to it. And then, of course, I interviewed him 
Um, to his credit, he did come over and talk to me, even though I had a big sign that said the aggressive progressive. So he came over and talked to me, but I had a great time in Tennessee. It's a great city. Uh, I highly encourage you to visit it if you've never been there. But, you know, it's the kind of place, you know, we, we talked about this last week. Uh, these conservatives are out there saying civil war. There's going to be a civil war. Who are we going to shoot, man? Am I going to shoot Tennessee? People were so nice. So nice. I uh, They really made me feel welcome there. Uh, a lot of Fox viewers uh, made me feel welcome there, too. They were kind and they took pictures with me and they were uh, delightful. Um you know, other than in that debate hall when they were screaming and hooting and hollering. But as I said, they mostly were hooting and hollering at Clay Aiken because he got himself in the middle of the debate. I didn't feel bad for Mike Knowles. I mean, I, I, you think you think Clay Aiken's bad, Mike? Uh, try battling it out with Laura Ingram or Jeanine Pirro or Sean Hannity uh, when you're the liberal and there's two other conservatives plus Sean Hannity or plus Jeanine Pirro or plus Laura Ingram. Uh, not she. They do a better job than Clay. Not that Clay did a bad job. Uh, uh, I thought Clay actually was good. And, and you know, the other thing that surprised me about Clay, he's really tall. He's six foot two, which makes you think, wow. Uh, or maybe six foot one. Uh, Ruben stuttered must've been really tall because, uh, Clay looked really short next to Ruben. So, uh, very interesting weekend for me politically, very interesting weekend in, um, America. I mean, president Trump came out Sunday morning after tweeting on Saturday night, that uh, our brave men and women killed uh, the leader of ISIS, al-Baghdadi. Um, but the president, of course, couldn't show grace even in that moment. Um, first person he thanked was Russia. That's fun, right? <laughs> we got to start following the money there. I I don't always agree with uh, Sank Unger, but I do here. I think it's a, uh, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a thing that needs to happen like right now. Um, you know, he said he died like a dog and, you know, I don't, I don't mind it if a commentator says something like that. These, this man was a horrible man. I, you know, I, I, I don't wish death on anyone, even our worst enemy. I would rather have seen him brought to justice and stood trial. And then, you know, he could have been killed then, but, uh, he blew himself up, uh, with a, uh, with a vest. But I think the president of the United States saying he died like a dog uh, and, and some of the other ways he talks, I just it's just not presidential. I'm sorry. It's just not the way a president should behave. A president should have grace. He had a very carefully prepared statement and then he veered off that statement and did his thing because he thinks that this is going to change everything for him. He thinks that this is going to end impeachment for him. It's not. It's not. I'd also be remiss if I didn't say... Um, Congress, uh, Congresswoman Katie Hill resigned uh, on Monday and or Sunday. Katie Hill was a freshman congresswoman. She uh, won a seat that had been held by Republicans, I think, for 28 years in Southern California. I think it's in Orange County or a place like that, similar to Orange County. Um, And she resigned because she had an inappropriate relationship with one of her staffers. And frankly, she should resign for that. I uh, I agree with the speaker. I mean, they, they passed a new rule, and, and I, I think that this new rule was put in place to end the shenanigans that have been happening mostly against women, but uh, there can't be a double standard, and the speaker of the House made that very clear to her, and she resigned. So good honor for resigning, and now we're going to have a special election in Southern California that everybody's going to pay way too much attention to, and 
it's kind of hard for the Dems to come out looking like they won here, right? If they win, people will say, well, you held that seat and Katie Hill won it by nine points in the last election. Hillary Clinton won that district by six points. Um, Republicans will, will throw everything they have at this race to try to change the narrative that this is going to be a wave year against the president. I believe that the Democrats will hold on to that seat. But, uh, you know, any change in turnout and, and uh, uh, margin of victory is going to look like a failure for the Democrats unless they increase the margin of victory, which is a possibility. It is, it is California and things are changing in this country. And I guess the Republicans are going to have to pledge allegiance to Trump because that seems to be all that they care about on the right right now is Trump. And that's one of the things I talked to Mark Sanford about. And we're going to talk about that uh, you're going to hear that interview later in the show. He's my first presidential candidate on the podcast. So uh, hooray for Mark. Uh, but it was a crazy weekend. Had a lot of fun. Did a lot of radio. Did a lot of podcasting. I think I'm going to have two weeks of uh, interviews here uh, to share with you. Um, saw a lot of old friends. Made a lot of new friends. You know, even Mike Knowles. You know, I had a, a lot of conversations with Michael Knowles. A mutual friend brought him over to me. Uh, he really is a young guy. Um you know, guys like Mike Knowles, I don't understand, you know, where they're coming from politically. I don't get how he is as far to the right as he uh, at least alleges to be in his public persona. Uh, but I can't say he wasn't a gentleman when I spoke to him. I just wish he would see the world differently. I, I wish he would understand that what got me and the rest of the world upset at him in that debate was the fact that he was basically making Greta into somebody you shouldn't listen to because of something that had nothing to do with what she was saying. He was trying to point it. He was trying to say that, well, this is exploitation of children. Nonsense. Nonsense. I mean, it really is. It, it, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous argument. And I, I mean, first of all, this is a project she took on. Okay. While 16 is still a child, 16 is also an agent, and he'll realize this when he has 16-year-olds, which I've already had a 16-year-old. Um, you know, they put their mind to something, they're going to do it. And if, uh, you know, changing the way we consume in this world is her project, and she's so good at it, and such a great spokesman for, uh, you know, trying to prevent climate change, trying to push us into renewables, that... She's chosen to speak at the UN and she's becomes a global spy. I, I find that hard to believe that's exploitation in, in any way, shape or form. So, uh, you know, I, I hope Michael Knowles will rethink that, but of course he won't because uh, there seems to be a thing, uh, there seems to be a theme in conservatism that you never say you're wrong and that's bad. I mean, uh, Clay Aiken was trying to get him to uh, say that the president lies and he couldn't say it. Clay can ask me a question about, you know, this uh, this whole movement where we cancel people in the, in the Me Too era. Have we been canceling people too soon? I say yes. I think there are sometimes, uh, you know, there there's there's you, you want to think and you want to look things over before you just push people out. And uh, I think we've gotten to a point now where we're doing that better, but uh, it's still a, a dangerous place when you know at the you know somebody could could start talking about you and then the next day you're done so so i didn't hesitate i said of course of course some people have been pushed out too soon um 
this guy could not say the president lied. And and that's because the, the, the president's supporters are really like a cult right now. And it's what he says is the law. It's what they want to hear. He matters more than everybody else. And if you offend him, you risk his ire. And worse, you risk the ire of his supporters. And Mike Knowles is trying to make a living in the conservative media world. And he knows that there are very few people who could make a living in that world without being 100% loyal to this president right now. So he is going to be 100% loyal to the president right now. And I hope one day he comes around because I think the entire country is going to come around. The entire country is going to come around because by March 15th, as I have said, the president will either resign, be removed, or announce he's not running for president. And that story got a lot of juice when the Washington Examiner did a profile on me, and that's what we talked about. Uh, so that's out there right now, getting a lot of getting a lot of juice online. A lot of people tweeting and retweeting that one. So uh, now I'm in writing on it. So if it happens, people remember that I did it. So I'm happy about that. All right. So um, when I come back, I'm going to play a couple interviews from uh, Politicon. Uh, the first thing you're going to hear is my opening rant at Politicon. And then we'll take it from there. So stick around. I'll be right back. Hey, America, Christopher Hahn here, the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. What is with the president and the right-wing echo chamber encouraging these astroturf protests against stay-at-home orders around the country? It's ridiculous, and it needs to stop. Check out the Aggressive Progressive Podcast wherever you download podcasts. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, COVID continues to reshape the law. Supreme Court arguments will be held by teleconference. The justices won't even know if the lawyers are wearing pants, which is fair given the eternal mystery of what's under those black robes. Los Angeles County is springing 25% of its inmates. The sheriff suggests folks get ready for what might be a spike in crime. Check it all out on the next episode of Too Many Lawyers. All right, Chris Hahn, I'm at Politicon. Going to be doing my podcast extravaganza right here at Politicon. I'm watching this sports guy right now on this, like, uh, town square stage they have set up. It's right by my Aggressive Progressive podcast booth. Uh, He's talking about transgender bathrooms. And I got to tell you, I hope I get him over here because... uh, These guys who rail about transgender bathrooms for about 20 minutes, half an hour, uh, he's been going on about this, saying it's a fake issue. But yet, this is his issue. Uh, America, if you care about where people want to go to the bathroom, if you care about transgender issues, you have to start asking yourself why you care about it. And if this guy, it's Clay somebody or other, I don't know his last name. I'm, you know me, I don't, I don't follow these crazy conservatives that closely. Uh, I hope he has the guts to come over here and sit with me. I've asked some people to try to rile him over here. Uh, I, I got to tell you, this is, uh, it's disturbing to watch these people talk. And to, and, and to just say, you know, oh, why does it matter? Uh, why would the NBA not go to Charlotte, North Carolina to do their all-star game because of this bathroom ban? Well, you know, you know, look, if you've ever been in somebody's shoes who's been discriminated against, who's been pushed away because of who they are, who they sleep with, how they dress, you know, then maybe you have the right to stand up and talk about it. I guess we all have the right to stand up and talk about it. But to take this strong position and call it a fake issue because it doesn't impact you specifically. But for some reason, 
in your mind, you are tied to it so much that you are going to lash out at other people who are doing it. Well, that, my friends, is the, is the essence of the problem in this country. We have too many straight white guys standing around saying issues don't matter when they have no idea what matters until it affects them personally. And that's the thing. Look, we have a lot of people who've come around on marriage equality, thank God. But a lot of the Republicans who came around on marriage equality didn't come around until it affected them personally, until their son or daughter came out to them. And then all of a sudden, they understood gay issues. They understood that equality was a, was a, was about human dick, dignity, as uh, Justice Kennedy wrote in his opinion. But I'm here at Politicon uh, all week, and I'm going to be debating Michael Knowles. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some good interviews here over at the Aggressive Progressive Podcast booths, the KMG Media Group booth. As you all know, I've been talking about this. My show is going to be syndicated. We are going to be going coast to coast. We're here today. This is our big coming out party uh, in that regard. So I'm really looking forward to it. Going to be hanging out here all weekend. Uh, I ran the great city of Nashville. I got to tell you, hanging out in the South, uh, and, and uh, to me, is just wonderful. I, I always find the people of the South to be wonderful people, to be fun people to be with, to have a lot of, to, to be good people. That always makes me ask the question when these conservatives point out, civil war, the, 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 the liberals want a civil war. Who's the civil war going to be against? Right? Like, is my, is my mother going to take up arms against me? My mother's a conservative. Um, is some uh, conservative right-wing uh, Republican going to uh, take up arms against his son who moved to Brooklyn? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. So I come to the South. I find people to be friendly, to be nice. I, had, I, I must have gained 10 pounds since I've been here. I had barbecue uh, for lunch, and then I had steak for dinner. Uh, so, uh, yeah, meat coma. And then tomorrow I get to debate... Michael Knowles. So uh, that should be fun. Stay tuned, America. This is going to be a fun weekend. Hopefully I'm going to have a lot to talk about. These guys get me fired up the minute I walk into the building. Anyway, this is Chris Hahn. I'm at Politicon. Hang out. Here at Politicon, and with Clay Travis, who just told me he's from Nashville, and I don't know how anybody from Nashville can be thin. Well, I'm not if you look at me close. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I think I gained 10 pounds in the last... Uh, uh, I've been here for 24 hours, and I, yeah. I went out to, to Jack's Barbecue, and then I went to the Palm. It's a great, it, it's a great, it's a great city for foodies and a great for music. It's just uh, unreal. So, uh, thanks for joining me. I got a question. I was watching you yes. there before I started doing my thing. Um, you did 20 minutes on transgender bathrooms, <laughs> and you were telling the audience that this is a fake issue. Yes. So if it's a fake issue, why are you doing 20 minutes on, on to point on, out that it's a fake issue? I'm, I'm not taking a side. Like to me, uh, if there is, and and the the analysis there was trying to track the NBA China issue right. and why the NBA has got such a mess on its hands uh, because they decided one of the issues that they decided recently was to pull their all-star game out of North Carolina. Right. And so if you track how that story became a story, um, I think it's just utterly fascinating because I think it's a window into our well, modern I mean, times. It became a story because there was a, 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 a legislator who decided that this was going to be his cause. He was going to gin up his voters by saying, I'm going to ban transgender men and women from using bathrooms that are not from their birth certificate sex. As if somebody Which, would be checking at the door. That's at, the at, thing. At it's never, but, it's, he, but, he, but they put that out there, right? It was hate speech, basically. Well, not hate speech, but it was a hate, hateful piece of legislation towards people 
who are transgender. Well, and, initially, right? Because, you know, those people, Charlotte, can't, they can't hate on gays anymore because that's not acceptable for Republicans anymore. So their new thing to hate on is transgender. I don't even know necessarily that it's hating on. I think it is, to me, the whole battle over transgender issues, to the extent that there is a battle, right. is mostly manufactured outrage on both sides. Well, like I unless don't, you're transgender and you're watching these pieces of legislation be passed, but, and you're but, saying, why does my state hate me? But the, the, the upshot of it all is nobody's being restricted in any way towards their access to bathrooms. But there is the fear but the, of the government taking away your freedom if, just because if, you got to relieve yourself. If that <laughs> ever happens, then it would be remedied I mean, rapidly I mean, through the... I'm a lawyer, right? So right, if you just so take, a step, take a step back, <laughs> right. it would immediately turn into a major lawsuit if any state right. tried to restrict access to bathrooms. Right? So should transgender people have to be burdened with the risk of having to be in the I middle of a lawsuit because they wanted to pee? I don't think that there's ever going to be an well, issue. Well, you don't think, but there was laws, but right? There's ne- but don't you think it's kind of a significant issue that throughout the entire 1980s, throughout right. the entire 1990s, throughout the entire 2000s, throughout the entire 2010s, now soon to be moving into the 2020s, we've never had an issue with this in the country? We never have. Then why are conservative lawmakers taking it up as a cause? Because so they it, it, are because... So the NBA did the right thing. They're pushing back on this hateful piece of this, legislation. The, the NBA, now they should do the right thing in China, too. The I, NBA I agree with made you on that part. ludicrous decision, in my opinion, to pull their game out of Charlotte because I'm a big guy on precedence, right? Right. If you are going to decide to get involved on a day-to-day basis with any sort of political issue, like I think, look, the NBA's got a great product. Right. When I was growing up, the NBA is fantastic like right they're gonna sell i'm a knicks of, fan you so poor, i you disagree bastard. with you somewhat right <laughs> you, now you, you poor guy <laughs> so. uh but you know the goal was to sell the product itself yeah, right? yeah yeah and so i think what the nba did is the nba made a miscalculation there and same thing with deciding i also talked about taking away the word owner right right like, because it's racially insensitive right, right. Like, those kind of decisions to me are bad decisions being made by adam silver who i think is well-intentioned right but the problem was you know this as a lawyer like I talked about in this thing, tough cases make bad law. And so I think the NBA, when they set the precedent of we're going to react to individual state legislation that is being battled out on a local level um, and decide to pull all of our games out. I wrote this at the time. I said, this is messy for going forward because you're hoping to make a billion dollars from China. They have a, um, uh, at least on the, uh, we'll wrap the transgender part and I'm going to talk about China with you for one minute. The, on the transgender front, they have a very progressive labor force, the NBA, who were upset by this themselves. Plus, there was a lot of public attention, and I, all these players were getting questions from the press about it. But I because think the media used, made it up, but, and the NBA was basically in a no-win situation. They had to make a they had to make a call, and they chose to be. I, and I think they made the wrong call. I think they should have just said, "Look, we don't get involved in individual uh, I, state." I think the North Carolina legislature made the wrong call, but and they I should have that, said, "As a league, we don't get involved in individual state legislative decisions." Right. Right. Uh, we're in the business of providing basketball to people of all different backgrounds. Right. And Frankly, the people of Charlotte are the ones who really got harmed, and that's the ultimate irony here is they passed a local law that was designed to protect everybody, right? Right, right, right. And so they actually, like, they pulled it out of the city of Charlotte 
they punish the state, and right. they also and the punish city of the Charlotte city. is a very progressive city. And, and there's ton, yeah, and there's tons of people who uh, that, that I feel like would have loved to have been able to experience the NBA that in that particular well, year. The, now they ended the up going. The bottom back. line on this issue is that states shouldn't be passing these kinds of laws. You well, might argue that the you might argue that the uh, you know that the NBA did the the right or the wrong thing, and they punish a progressive city for a regressive law by the state legislature. And you may have some merit to that argument. But the fact of the matter is the state of North Carolina passed a hateful law and the governor of North Carolina, then a hateful conservative, passed it. I think that this is, again, an example to me of something that Democrats and Republicans don't need to get involved in. Well, they, they should stop passing laws then. If Republicans stop passing laws banning transgender or making it harder for gay people or other people to live their lives, then we wouldn't get involved with it. Well, the fear is, and look, I, I don't... What am I, like, what am I supposed to do? As I'm an attorney, right? You and I are straight white men. We've had privilege our entire lives. We have. Nobody's ever told I, us where to go, what to do. I could walk into this building without a badge and nobody's going to stop me. I, it's I, a, I it's, did get stopped without a badge. I got stopped yesterday, but they they were very nice when they look, stopped me. I, 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 I'm 40, <laughs> right? So I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I went to 100% integrated schools, public schools, K through 12. Right. Uh, I do not believe that I have been treated any differently than the Asian or Black Easy or for Hispanic you to think that way. or the Hispanic students right. that I went to school with. Well, I, I disagree. I mean, I I've had I feel like I have always been given the benefit of the doubt. Now, it might not be very perceptive. Might, you might not be able to perceive it all the time, but I feel like I've always been given. I, the I don't. I don't buy into that. I understand that there's the argument, but I, based on my life well, experience, don't buy again, into it. Right, but you wouldn't have had those experiences. You wouldn't have been on the other side of those experiences. If you were a transgender woman who was being told by her state government, don't go into the bathroom that you want to go into, you would feel that bias, and you don't. So anyway, let's move on to China, because yeah. you're right on China. And you agree you, with me on one thing. I agree with you on China. Yes. The NBA is completely screwing this up on yes. China, and they, and, 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 uh, and, and, and they should be, you know, they should be allowing this 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 owner of the league to kind of just put his message out yep. there and say, hey, I, you know, I, I'm with the, the protesters in Hong Kong. So give me your, give me your, uh, your two-minute take on that. Look, I mean, I think the NBA set up a precedent for itself, which was a mess because of the decision that they made, which was that they are going to get involved in politics. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think it would be hypocritical of the NBA, much like there are many other major American corporations trying to do business in China, right. if they had just said, look, we're all about the money. Right. Like, this is a goal. And even if you want to make the argument, which I think is a liberal one, that we believe by bringing uh, basketball to China, we can help to democratize the region because right. basketball can bring people together. Uh, exactly. It's a sport that we can share, all those things. I think the challenge that we're moving into, and I don't think this is just an NBA issue, I think it's a broader issue as well, is China has moved from, hey, you need to take these two minutes out of the newest Marvel movie in order to air it in China, right. to we are going to take Chinese values and try to propagate them outside of our you know, territorial borders. Right, right. And that, to me, is the scary thing about what happened Absolutely. with the NBA. And I think that's where a lot of people, left and right, middle of the road, everybody was kind of united here is, this is scary when China's saying about Daryl Morey, you don't have the right to have a First Amendment opinion on a Chinese-related right. issue because we want Chinese uh, strictures in terms of speech to govern everywhere. And like where I think we're also probably in agreement is I'm a huge believer in the marketplace of ideas, Me First too. Amendment, right? Me too. I think it's the most important asset Absolutely. that we have, right? whether we agree or disagree, Always. to be able to debate it, let people make decisions based on on everything out there. To me, that's the biggest challenge that uh, that China uh, is confronting us with and that the NBA dropped the ball on uh, yeah. in, in, in a bad way. So 
Um, I also think it, it called into question guys like Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich and LeBron James. LeBron, Who yeah. have been so outspoken. Yeah. And weren't willing to say, you know, what I think could have been a very powerful statement by LeBron James. I believe 1.4 billion people in China should have the same rights that yeah. I have in America. Well, you made the point about his shoes, right? He, shows yeah. these, he sells these equality shoes that no person making them can afford, afford ever. And, and look, I mean, and look, LeBron makes a ton of money. And I'm a capitalist. I said before, like, I don't begrudge him trying to make as much money I don't, as possible. I don't begrudge him either. But... I do think if you want to be about something more than just making money as a great athlete, I do like the idea of LeBron saying, I want my shoes to be made in America. Right. You know? He can and do it. Gonna, I'll make, you know, instead of $200 million a year from Nike, I'll make $74 million, whatever right. it is, right? Yeah. Like, I'll, I mean, make a, I'll make $100 million. Or, or, yeah, <laughs> or you might be able to argue that you're still going to make the same amount of money and Nike still has to pay you because you're right. so valuable to them. Right. That and, and then you're lifting up all these people who are then making your shoes uh, in, in America, which I think, you know, given our manufacturing base continuing to decline and the city of Akron being challenged like it is in yeah. hometown, that would be something where I would be say, a great thing. Great move, LeBron. Like, it's one of the reasons why I wear Brooks when I run. I mean, they're yeah. made in America. Yeah, look, I mean, I think there's lots of people that, that <laughs> right. make that decision. Um, and, and I think the challenge is, in general, the degree to which we've allow, allowed the money that we become addicted to from China to start to influence the way that we live our lives in America, which is different than just buying the product. It's, you know, it happened at Marriott, like somebody sent a pro-Tibet tweet. I don't, you probably yep. saw that. And then they fired him at Marriott. Yeah. You know, like, I think it's it was crazy. a random guy working in America, right? It's like insane. China's like looking over their social media accounts, which by the way, Twitter isn't even technically allowed to exist there. And so I think this is one of the big major issues of our time. And I think we've kind of slept on it a little bit. I, uh, I you know, there the, the, the threat of Chinese, uh, you know, sort of, their worldview spreading globally. I think a lot of us thought capitalistic democracies were, for better or worse, the end end result of uh, of modern history, and I'm not sure that's true. America cannot subordinate itself to Chinese Amen. values, and Amen. we agree on that. Yeah. If we disagree on a couple other things. That's great too. We're Americans. We're allowed to <laughs> that's do what, that. That's what makes it. And great. by the way, it'd be really boring radio if we agreed on. It would also be it? incredibly boring country if everybody agreed <laughs> on everything, because we'd be in uh, Iraq back in Saddam Hussein days when he got 100 percent exactly. Of the Why would we need Politicon if everybody Amen. agreed? No, this is a lot of fun. Boring fest. Hey, I appreciate you having me. Welcome you. to town. I hope you have a good time. I'm here. having a blast. Thanks for thanks for bringing. Thanks in. for having me. Man. All right, I appreciate it. All right, that's Clay Travis. You got to give him credit for coming over, uh, having a conversation. Uh, I enjoyed talking to him. I agree with him on some things. I disagree with him on others. And we talked, and that's the way it is. Look, in America, you got to talk. You got to talk to people you don't agree with all the time. That's the only way we can move the ball. All right, coming up, Governor Mark Sanford challenging Donald Trump in the Republican primary. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right. I'm sitting here with uh, former Congressman, former South Carolina Governor Mark Sanford, who is running for president of the United States in the Republican primary against Trump. Now, Congressman, I want to start this interview by saying I have put the over under on Trump not being in the race for president in 2020 at March 15th. Wow. And I, right now I'm taking the exact date. I'm not sure if it's over or under yet. Okay. I was taking the under, but I think this hearing's taking a little too long. So why are you running? Why'd you get in? I think we're walking our way toward the most predictable financial crisis in the history of our nation. We're having zero discussion on both the Republican and the Democratic side about that. Right. And I think the president's leading us in a variety of bad directions, whether that's on the trade and tariff front and 
are we inward versus outward looking as a civilization? I think he's taken us in the wrong direction right. on, on our trust in institutions. I mean, we're a nation of laws and not men, but right. he wants to do the man thing instead of the uh, institution yeah, thing. Yeah, he wants everybody <laughs> to pledge allegiance <laughs> right. to him instead of the Constitution. <laughs> right. It's driving me nuts. Right, well, me too. And and uh, and that was what was interesting. I mean, I'm a very conservative Republican. You are. And, and you know, my voting record was in line with him probably 90% of the time, but that for him... Was and too, little. Oh, too, too little. Too little. I know. It, it, too little. I know. And it was, to your point, it was about do you pledge allegiance to Donald Trump, not to conservative ideals that I might hold and you might dispute, but, but I, I mean, that's what makes the world go right, round. Right, we right. could agree to disagree. But with him, it is you have to be in his personal orbit, and that's something I've never seen over the 25 years I've been in politics. And finally, I'm running because I think this guy misses it on tone. Yeah, I, uh, I, sure. I saw it in the congressional district that I used to represent. It went Democratic for the first time in 50 years, yep. in large measure based solely on tone. There were working moms, suburban moms, uh, you know, young millennials, go down the list, that turned away in droves and said, what's going on here is out of sync with what I'm trying to teach my kids or what my parents tried to teach me. I'm out. Yeah, I hear that. You know, here's the thing. I'm, I'm asking a lot of conservatives, especially people like you sure. who have separated themselves from Trump. What about this cult of personality in not just the elected officials, which I think is easily broken, but in the public? Now, I find people who are smart people who are still just totally devoted to this man for some reason, and I don't know how to get through to them with facts. You are dead on. I can't. Well, let me give you one little antidote that describes the degree to which you're dead on. So I was last out in Iowa, not this last trip, the trip before that. We'd sort of made the rounds around Des Moines the first day and press stops and whatnot. The second day, I said to John, who's traveling with me, I want to get out into the hinterland. I want the real perspective of right. the common man in Iowa. So we're out at this farm in the middle of nowhere. I grew up on a farm, and I have a John Deere tractor and those sorts of things. And so I'm making the farm connect with this yep, guy. Yep. We've got it going. And then all of a sudden, he says, wait a minute. You're running against Trump. And I said, well, no, no, I'm not really running against Trump. I'm yeah. running for these ideas, and we agree on this, we disagree on that. The wall goes completely yeah. out. I'm dancing for all that I'm worth as a candidate, trying to make the connection. Giving I'm getting you nowhere. Look, you're not a bad politician, <laughs> right, right, right. from what I remember <laughs> right, of you. Right. you know, I know you had your issues, sure. but, but who cares? Right. But, right? I mean, but, but, it, but, but, but let me finish this. So this is remarkable. So I'm dancing for all I'm worth. And generally, if you're explaining politics, you're yeah. losing. But I'm dancing for all I'm worth, trying to make connect. Finally, I say, look. You didn't end up with all this equipment and with all this land were it not for the fact that you were at least financially prudent. Surely we could agree on that and the debt deficit being a problem. He says, here's the deal. The president has said he's going to send man flight to Mars. I'm quite certain they're going to discover moon rocks on Mars that are worth more than gold. We'll bring back the moon rocks and we'll pay off the national debt. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, with that. And he was serious. Oh my the guy God. beside me, John, is, his eyes are that big. I, this is kind of a showstopper because, to your point, it goes straight to this idea of doubling down on crazy right, right. as opposed to debating ideas, which is what we used to do in, in this republic. Wow, wow. So yeah. I, I got I only got about a minute. I know yeah. you've got to catch a flight. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate you sitting down with me. Um, one thing you would want to tell all Americans, regardless of party, about why you know we need to change, whether it's you or somebody else. B- because crazy has a way of exhausting itself. I mean, a, a reality show is fun for an hour. Yep. But to do it for a couple of years gets a little it's, old. It's getting tired. And, and what we're doing is we're splintering apart as a party so that we don't solve problems that are real to, yeah. to folks' lives, whether one approaches it from the left or from the right. I appreciate well. Governor Sanford, Congressman Sanford, yeah. presidential candidate yeah. Mark Sanford, thanks for joining me. I yes, really sir. appreciate Good it. Good to, nice to see you. Pleasure. All right. That's Governor Mark Sanford.
he's got an uphill climb, of course, but you know, it's nice to see somebody's out there doing it. And like I said, March 15th, baby, watch that date. We're going to see what happens. Uh, if I'm right or if I'm wrong, hopefully if I'm wrong, don't remember it, but I've been pretty out there on this date now. So, uh, all right, I'm going to come back and I'm going to cleanse the palate with a good liberal Sally Cohn right on the other side of this break. And then I'll be back to wrap it up. Yo. 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 I'm letting him know. It's Alec. All right. All right. I'm back here at Politicon. I'm with an old friend I haven't seen in a long time. We used to do TV in the middle of the night on Fox News together. And they, when they would sometimes allow two <laughs> progressives in the same space. When they had no one else to book. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, who will do this? Yeah. Oh, I guess those liberals who are trying to make yeah. careers for themselves. It was oh, come like on. hazing. <laughs> Midnight hazing. It was like 2 o'clock. Can you guys do the 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. Yeah, uh, it was shift? still. I still remember. Were you there the night? It was the night Obama re-election. Oh, yeah. I was on. And, you know, they didn't yeah. have that many liberals to book at that hour. And they I were like, on. don't look too happy. I, <laughs> I, I'll tell you a funny story about Obama's re-election. It involves Lou Dobbs. Oh, Lord. So I was doing Lou Dobbs twice a week. Lou and I, Lou would call me to fight with me about politics when he wasn't on the air. No joke. And I walk into Fox News on Election Day 2012, Obama's mm. re-election, and Lou comes up to me as I'm getting on the elevator to go up to one of the higher floors to do Fox News radio, and he goes, it's going to be a long night for you, Christopher, and I look at him and I go, Lou, it's six o'clock on election day, we're not on the air, and you're spinning me? I go, are you out of your mind? This is over. This is a foregone conclusion. So, He's getting reelected, sir. You know, now that I don't have anything to lose here, I got to tell you, I, uh, there's, there's one I do not miss. You know, I do not miss being, I do, or anyway, uh, how many years have you been at Fox News? I, this is your I, interview. Uh, well, I have been Sorry, at Fox News since you and I got hired, I think the same time. Right. So yeah. that would have been 2010. 2010. Damn. Yeah. I've been there since 2010. So do you feel like it's changed you? I mean, in all honesty. Well, you don't so, have to answer this so, publicly. You can cut this later, um, but I really want to know. Does, has it changed me? Uh, yeah. No. I think it's made me more liberal. If That's anything, yeah, I think it. I think it anything because I I see these people who I don't believe hmm. believe what they're saying half the time, uh, you know, smart people who I know know better sometimes. Yeah. Come on, especially people I debate, and I think it's it's hmm. forced me to look critically at conservatism because interesting, and, and I have, and I think I think when I started at Fox, you were definitely to the left of me when I started. Oh at Fox. yeah, I still am. I don't know that you're that much to the left of me anymore. That's interesting. I think I've caught up. Here's what I think is, is here's what I think is true is is on the one hand being in Fox if you're a liberal m- does sort of make you 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 don't always get to spend a lot of time wading into the nuance. Right. Right? Because you just have to hold down the, you know, so I remember during the Obamacare things, like, I had to hold down the Obamacare fort. Right, Even right. though, like, I got critiques of it from the left. Yeah. Like, I can, right? I was defending but Obama you got to, yeah, same thing. By the like, way, and, and I never got a Christmas card from Obama. All that defense of him. And he followed the wrong Chris Hahn on Twitter. Obama is following a guy named Chris Hahn, who I also follow, because he gets a lot of my hate tweets, and he's a good guy. He's a musician. I think he lives here in Nashville. Well, I and, love, wait a second, Chris, man, how do you know he doesn't isn't just a fan trust, of that Chris Hahn's trust music? Trust me when I tell you. He's like a music teacher. And Chris Hahn one day was tweeting snort. at me. That's hysterical. He was tweeting, hey, Chris, this one's for you. You know, having the same name as you has been tough on me. And I look at, I look at him, and it says, followed by Barack Obama. I'm like, Dude, right. you're followed by Barack Obama. I would like to say I have not been followed by Barack Obama. If Bar- uh, Barack Obama, if you're listening, President Obama. Yes. Barack. I Mr. Hope. President. We, we just, Mr. Yeah. Uh, the guy who I wish was. Didn't get a Christmas card. President. I got invited. It's not. I got invited to the Christmas party. Couldn't go. Big mistake. Wow. Big you mistake. You couldn't go. Big what? what oh, because I had a speaking gig. I had a speaking gig, and so like, 
Yeah, I know. Money or or, or be with I would have canceled me. the speaking Trust gig. Trust me. I, I needed I, the money. I know how um, much these speaking gigs anyway, are. Anyway, so. yeah. So what do you want to wait? Hang on. I got yeah, how two much minutes. time? You got, I got two, two minutes. minutes. I'm sorry, I, man. I, look, what do you want to talk about? State of America right now, Sally. Um, <laughs> Piss poor, dude. I think it's always darkest <laughs> before the dawn. I I'm, hope you're right. I'm optimistic. It's, dark. it's going to get really dark soon. I think it's going to get really dark in the next you're six optimistic. months. Yeah. And then it's going to brighten. I feel like we're under the, the spell of a Sith Lord right now, half the country, <laughs> and it's about to be broken. I, I feel that Luke Skywalker is about to pick up who, oh, I hope you're right. and throw him over the thing. I hope you're right. Oh, someone just walked by in an Ann Coulter shirt. Oh, my God. They're going to be so wow. disappointed, uh, disappointed when she goes, ta-da, this has all been a show I'm for 10 years. S- I love talking to you, but I'm really sorry I missed a picture of that. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was really, it was like one of those, like, all her face just all over this guy. Gotta, I, I always, yeah. I am always suspicious of anyone who has a face on their shirt. I, I mean, you know, like Lincoln, maybe. Anyway, yeah. um, the state of the, uh, the state of the, well, look, I think I am um, worried uh, because I'm like worried. I used to just be worried on one level, right? right. Which was we sort of have this existential struggle, uh, not necessarily between right and left, I think, but between kind of inclusion versus elite, exclusionary, often you know, sort of hate fueled. Right. But that that and now, I think we sort of still have that existential struggle going on. But what's been added to it is a complete. Um, uh, extreme dehumanization of the other uh, yeah. from both sides. I hate that. And, I mean, I do too, and yet we all do it. So I can't say, you know, and I, everyone, actually, I've never talked to anyone who thinks it's a good idea. No. But they just think it's the, the other person's right. problem, the they, other side's it's problem. It's everybody's fault but the, mine. Right, right. Or the other side or whatever. You know so, the comedian Patton Oswalt, yeah. right? He has this great line I tweeted all the time when things are going bad. It's chaos be kind. Right? This yeah. world is chaos. And he's yeah. saying it from a place yeah. where he lost his wife in the yeah. blink of an eye, right? Yeah. Uh, it's chaos yeah. be kind. And, and right. I think we've lost that. But we all want it. We but do. But we don't do it. Right. So, I don't know. I worry about where we're going as a country and, and how divided you can become until you have to have some kind of reckoning. And how can you have, like, important principled fights while still treating others with dignity and humanity and uh you know i mean so like i really worry about it in the case of like locking kids up in cages yeah crazy i, I mean, also I worry about you know demonizing and dehumanizing our political opponents right and you so. have you have people who are you know rabidly anti-choice yes who are concerned about the fetus yet yes. they see these fully grown human beings correct or they want to cash Bomb clinics or, you know, <laughs> yeah. kill abortion doctors. Uh, but, listen, optimism 2020. Like, yeah. uh, we get a chance. We, we get a chance, a chance at our do-over. And, you know, uh, I don't think the problem be- is we had enough problems in this country that, like, we needed to be fixing them already. So we got to kind of get back to a reset and then start dealing with I these crises. Think, but I don't think Trump's going to be on the ballot, Sally. Um, man, I hope you're right. I hope you're. I think I hope you're right. I don't even know what to hope anymore. But I do have to go, and I'm sorry. I, I know that. you have to go, and okay, I really yeah. do appreciate you doing this right, for yeah. me. Sally Cohen, where can people find you? Where are you going to be? Uh here you mean like here, not here, forget oh, about this like but in like, light like, yeah. I don't know we're under at a rock. Sally Cohn on yeah, Twitter yeah 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 sure sure sure, uh, sure, sure. Sally at Cohn. Sally Cohn K-O-H-N on Twitter and Instagram and even Facebook I guess yep and on the web sure yeah she's out there Jeez, she's, she's fighting for, for what's right in America <laughs> we love you I'm glad I ran into you it's been that too long super nice to run into you too nice to I see really you. enjoyed it you're good at alright that's yeah. Sally Cohn thanks America all right, that's Sally Cohen. You know, you could tell two people are friends who have been in the foxhole together, right? Literally, <laughs> the foxhole. Uh, you know, you've been in battles at a place. We have similar experiences. 
uh, at least in television. Uh, and it was great catching up with Sally. I've got more interviews from Politicon. I'm not going to play them all tonight. I'm not going to go back to a break. Uh, you know, I'll do my wrap up of the show now because uh, I think we've had a couple of a couple more breaks than you're used to here. So uh, sorry about that. And I hope whatever they're selling you, if they if there are ads on the platform you listen to, uh, I hope it was a good ad, at least an entertaining ad. Um, but it was an interesting weekend in Politicon, to say the least. I had a lot of fun really connected with a lot of people, right? Not just people who I've been on TV and radio with, but actual people that, that come to these things. I was really, I didn't know what to expect. I, uh, um, you know, I, I was calling it like Comic-Con for politics. And really, that's what it is. You've got a lot of people that you know from TV news that were there and uh, and talking. And there were people from the left and the right. And there were people that were at the conference from the left and the right. I think my particular uh, room was very conservative because not a lot of liberals other than the people who are listening to this podcast really know me um, outside of New York politics, you know. So uh, conservatives know me because they see me on Fox and conservatives know the guy I was debating because they watch him or listen to him on the Daily Wire. So it's a interesting, uh, it was an interesting room and uh, I was really also surprised at how many young conservatives there were there. Um, it, that, that was surprising to me. I just think that when you're young, um, you should be optimistic and progressive. Um, maybe I'm too old to be progressive. I think I'm getting more progressive. As I said to Sally, as I get older, I think that I, uh, I look at the, the way the right has tried to shape the narrative. And I, I think it's made me more progressive as a result, uh, cause I really want to move the ball forward. And I think we all should try to move the ball, ball forward, but you know, one of the themes I tried to push this weekend when I talked to a lot of conservatives was, you know, be kind. I use that Patton Oswalt quote all the time. It's it's chaos. Be kind. I mean, think about what's going on in California right now. Uh, you know, people are risking losing their homes and they're without power. They're without water. They're without anything. It's chaos. Be kind. Um, you know, California is a pretty liberal state, but uh, 40% of those people that are facing losing their homes right now are without a doubt conservatives. As I said in Tennessee, you know, Tennessee is going to go 60-40 for Trump if he happens to be on the ballot. 40% of those people are progressives. Who are we going to go to war with, America? Each other? Is my mother going to go to war with me? She's a conservative. Am I going to go to war with my Uncle Carl? That'll make Thanksgiving even more awkward than it already is. So it's chaos out there. Be kind. And now it's time for me to remind you, as always, to seek the truth. Question everything and everyone, America, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast.